welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Springer. Jerry Springer. I am in the holiday spirit. I am in the holiday spirit. I, you know, I'm. Cheers, Jerry. We yeah. are. <laughs> Here, here's this is water. Look, Gene's over there drinking straight vodka. That's what he was telling us earlier. Yeah, straight vodka. And a lot of it. It's a regular James Bond over here. And you got it. <laughs> it's not shaken, not stirred, no. just warm. <laughs> what I know about Gene, and we've, you know, been best friends for almost 50 years now, I can yeah. tell you that he, Gene, other than wine, uh, doesn't drink. That's actually yeah. pretty true. I'm not a big. I mean, uh, yeah. once in a while, but yeah, you, you know. why? No, it's true. Wine with meals. Uh, although I will say, uh, and and we are gonna in a moment gonna bring uh, Casey Campbell back on. Casey is our music coordinator and periodic musical guest. We love Casey, and hey, everybody. he's on with us last week. We begged him to come back. He agreed, and uh, we're going to uh, hear from him a little bit later. Uh, and I just mentioned one thing, and then we want to ask Jerry for his, what we call his thought of the week, his commentary. We love those. Um, my wife and I got into this thing happily. We, we, we dug it all last spring and summer and fall, good weather. We uh, sit outside often. I, look, I make a lot of jokes about living in a double wide down by the river. I I live in a penthouse overlooking the Ohio River. Okay? Okay. Yes. You want to it's not a penthouse either. It's yeah. a condo. Yeah. It's, it's a condo. condo. Yeah. You used to live in the same neighborhood, by the way. But same, same condo. condo. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the fact is, we, we like, you know, about 5 o'clock, 5.30. I, I do Bloody Marys. That's my favorite drink. And uh, Bonnie oh. is a... Uh, what do you call wild and crazy guy? I know. Unbelievable. I know. And Bonnie <laughs> drinks these Russian, what do they call them? The Abix. Right now, now she puts bur- uh, bourbon with uh, not, Kentucky, cu- Kentucky mule. mule. And we like sit out and, and get hammered and then don't even have dinner. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is. Get hammered. Yeah. It's a wild party oh, at the Galvin yeah, Estate. Mm-hmm. Hey, Gary. Well, we like to sit. We like to sit out. Uh, we like to sit out and, and have wine. You know what uh, Mickey's favorite wine is? Oh uh, no! What's your favorite? Shut up, Jerry! Don't start it. Do not, not gonna, do it. First of all, I'm not going to do. I, I was going to say, which would be wrong to say because it's not accurate. I want to go to Miami. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> But that, first of oh, all, she's, she doesn't sound like that. She never said that. But it is a joke <laughs> I like to use. Yeah. So We went to Boca last yeah. year. That is so unmitchy. Yeah. That's not her nature. It's not. Yeah. Hey, uh, what no. caught yeah. your interest this week? Well, I know the Supreme Court is made up of generally very smart people, very well-educated products of our very best schools. But why do they think the rest of us, the rest of society is stupid? 
Why do they give speeches, grant interviews, and write opinions maintaining that they are not partisan, when in truth, a significant number of them are merely well-spoken political hats of the right wing of the Republican Party? I say this not just because they were nominated by a Republican president. That doesn't always result in uh, decisions consistent with that party's orthodoxy. For example, Eisenhower appointed Earl Warren as chief justice, who turned out to be a bastion of liberalism. But this court, in its most recent appointments, was selected off a list compiled by the Heritage Society, a right-wing think tank, a list also used for selecting lower federal court appointees, nearly a 30-year effort to alter the law of the land by filling the bench with judges committed to restricting individual rights, particularly of women and minorities. A Supreme Court comprised of a number of members who openly lied about respecting precedents. A court confirmed in large part by a U.S. Senate run by Mitch McConnell, who blocked President Obama's right to fill a vacancy for over a year and then rushed through Amy Coney Barrett's appointment in the final month of Trump's presidency, openly bragging that the only judges committed to overturning Roe v. Wade will be appointed, only those kind. And then in perhaps the sweetest bit of hypocrisy, that same now Justice Amy Coney Barrett, a committed anti-abortionist, gives a speech declaring how the Supreme Court is not partisan at all at a dinner honoring the man who rammed through her appointment, Senator Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no politics here. <laughs> and yet, how else can you possibly explain the Supreme Court, which ruled in Roe v. Wade for a woman's right to choose by a seven to two decision? Now, 48 years later, threatening to go the, in the exact opposite way. What has changed other than the political makeup of the court? How does a constitutional right suddenly go away? This is clearly against what the American people believe and want and have lived their entire lives believing and fighting for. Look, America has evolved throughout its history always guaranteeing more freedom, more equality of rights, to now suddenly have the right, uh, the right wingers assert their own views in opposition to the overwhelmingly accepted view that women should have equally protected rights is nothing but blatant partisan politics in defiance of what they promised and swore to in their confirmation hearings. And by the way, I would argue that this is not just a matter of not appending settled law and respecting precedents, as Chief Justice Roberts has argued. It's even fundamental to our Bill of Rights and virtually all of our amendments to the Constitution. Indeed, all our amendments are based on the right to privacy, the sanctity of the individual, and the guarantee of protection of one's personal freedom against the invasive power of the state. From the right of individuals to express their own ideas and to practice their own religion. That's the First Amendment. 
to vote by secret ballot as they wish, the 15th Amendment, to not have to incriminate themselves, the Fifth Amendment, to not have the state search or seize their private property or possessions, the Fourth Amendment, or arrest and confine an individual without due process of law, the Fifth once again. And all these rights of privacy are not to be withheld from any citizen, read the 14th Amendment, because of race, religion, gender, sexual preference. You get the point. The entire Constitution is not just to set up the structure of how we shall be governed, but rather to protect our personal freedoms from the state, so long as they don't infringe upon the personal freedom of other citizens. So let's not pretend that women's right to dominion over her own body is just some radical idea that the justices pulled out of thin air back in 1973. No, it is a concept inherent in our Constitution, amended over 240 years, always moving in the direction of ensuring more freedom and more equality of treatment and opportunity for all our citizens, not just white heterosexual men. Overturning Roe v. Wade, if that's what the court ultimately does, is nothing but a blatant political move to satisfy the Republican base, to undo the up till now inevitable thrust of the idea America, freedom and justice for all, even women. Sadly, today's political court is not there to protect the Republic, just Republicans. Good, Jerry. That's really good. The fact that you have to say even women. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) In 2021. Yeah, Jeez, not hey, in the in the spirit of the holiday season, we referenced this last show. We're in the middle of, you know, this blend of holidays, everything from a commercial gift giving season to uh, the Christian Christmas or Jewish Hanukkah or Kwanzaa, etc. And uh, in the spirit of that, we have this evening. For the last two or three hours, we all gathered at the Jerry Springer podcast. We had Casey Campbell with us tonight, one of our original members. We have David Proust, Jerry Springer, Megan Hills, myself, and we all made an agreement we would pound hard some adult beverages. So we're all pretty <laughs> screwed up at the moment. All of us. And um, so Jerry's drinking yeah, Jerry. gin. I've, I, his bottle is gin, um, his beverage of choice. Megan, what are you drinking? Casey. I got some wine here, and uh, Casey has just bourbon. Well, nah, I'm drinking coffee, and uh, don't you dare look in this glass, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's drinking coffee. So none of us are sober, so this He's is great. What are you talking about, uh, Gene? Now, Casey's hey. uh, drinking coffee and either <laughs> eating edibles or smoking weed. We don't know because we're not. <laughs> but. But. Hey. Why? Why we restrain yourself to just one? I know. Testing one, two. First of all, Gene's getting all hip here, talking about all kind, all edibles. kinds of talk. Oh, Who yeah. knows that California oh, yeah. talk over there? Got the CBD oils over there. Secondly, Gene, I will say that me and Megan, me and Megan have the the sole distinction of getting to see Gene Galvin and Jerry Springer take uh, swigs out of a rum bottle uh, while sitting on the Malacan in Havana, Cuba. And Cuba. That's right. Oh, right. So, 
So I, so I don't ever yes. want to hear that you can't drink. You just, just you know, you know yeah. Just I, I, I can't, you can't handle. And the also, hard Casey, stuff. wasn't there? There were also a couple swigs on the bus on the way. Oh, I'm there, sure there were. If I remember, I, I think drink, Jerry got loose. I only drink in communist countries. <laughs> I'm pre- <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> All right. Coming up in 2022, uh, yeah. Jerry Springer and uh, wherever else is coming. China. We're going to China. Oh, yes. We're going to China. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Jerry. I don't know if now, you know this, wall, but that's that's, that's our Christmas present. Sit on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but we're going to China for hey, 2022. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Podcast. You remember yeah. when Podcast. we were in Cuba? Corporate credit card. It was us it was megan casey jerry and me thank you jerry springer for the jerry yeah. springer podcast. we brought no, back- it was a it was a fun trip it was, it was a great what a oh man loved what a time. And what a time let's remind people because they can listen to those episodes they're in the archives yeah. from 2016 yeah, way back. but here's the deal we went there to look at, and the people we hired to help us deliver, man, they deliver the Center for Cuban Studies out of New York City. We are a music center podcast. It's a third of what we do. And we want to meet with the counterpart to the Casey Campbells who are in Cuba today. Not, not you know, from back in the 60s, but today. So they hooked us up with folk singers. Mm-hmm their version of our Americana songwriters and performers. And it was unbelievable. And we were at one, you remember this guys, we were, it was like, uh, I don't know, 10, 30, 11 in the morning, 9, 30, 10 in the morning, yeah. doing shots with this, with guy. this guy. In his I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the singer songwriter who was wonderful. He was really good. And he said, uh, you got, he said it in Spanish. I don't think he spoke in English, but our translator helped us. Uh, Jesus was with us. And he said, hey, you guys want some rum? Yeah. Hey, That's Vicente, uh, Vicente Feliu, wasn't it? Feliu, yes. yes. And he left, right. I remember him. He yeah. left and came yeah. back with, you know, shot glasses of rum. And then we also <laughs> smoked Cuban yeah. cigars. It was like 9, 30, 10 in the morning. Yeah. Oh, oh it, it was terrific. It was and then we shared, we shared songs. For Even like Mickey and bon- well, yeah. Bonnie was ready to go. First of all, she was, she was on board. Even Mickey yeah. did shots though. She was in the morning. Cause you, yeah. In Rome. yeah. <laughs> in fact, we're going to Rome next year. <laughs> well, that's good. With the podcast. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Right. Cool. Well, you, you, you yeah, guys, heard, I, you guys were there. For you the heard music. it. Jerry's yeah, taking us to you Rome. were there for the music. Of course, I never told actually. I was working for the CIA at the time. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, we're not. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can't. I, I don't want to talk about it, but you know, it, it's that it's that whole thing that happened a couple of years ago, where like people thought they were getting, you know, shot with supersonic waves or whatever it was. That was us. I knew it was us. I knew it was us. <laughs> it was us. And I knew. <laughs> I knew it. See. No, actually, what was, what what I remember one night we had dinner with uh the ambassador to oh he he came down the mountain in january of 1959 he came down the mountain with, with castro, castro. Pigs, was castro. Right? that was the night that 
<laughs> Mickey said, for crying out loud, would you pass him? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I was so interested in talking to him. Right. Mickey reminded me that I had forgotten my manners. He was starving. He wanted, and here I am feeding myself, and I didn't even pass him the food. But what stories he had. Oh, he it was, was amazing. Fascinating guy. Really that was our that was our very first night there. Well, I mean, that was a half, that was like a half the, day even. And yeah. it was, uh, what well, was the other one? We went to that restaurant where, um, at the time Barack and Michelle Obama had been there, what, like yeah. a week prior to us. And that was when I have pictures of you, Jerry, sitting just like you were just a second yeah. ago, like this, listening to this guy telling stories. Oh, it was oh, so, yeah. oh. I mean, these guys, what an really amazing trip. History. What yeah. an amazing trip. The guy they referred to Jerry yeah. was, um, not only was he part of the Cuban Revolution, that he then became uh, he he was head, he was a judicial kind of guy. He was very important. He was a, a ranking yeah. in the and mm-hmm. uh, Andy Levinson from <laughs> the Center for Cuban Studies knows everybody down there, and she yes, arranged she that to have that guy join us for dinner. It was quite special. And by the way. Um, as we said, uh, sincere happy holidays to all of our listeners. I just want to mention one other thing because we want to bring Casey Campbell on. Uh, and we met, we were talking on the last show about uh, going to Cooperstown, the Hall of Fame for Major League Baseball, and a great story. Uh, listeners, if you didn't hear the podcast before this, you got to circle back and hear it. Great story about Pete Rose, Jerry remember, was former mayor of Cincinnati and anchor man on the news and a council member. So he knew, knows everybody and developed a friendship with Pete Rose and uh, did a lot of the betting with Pete on Major League Baseball. (laughs) 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 Informed Pete on what to bet on, in fact. No, no. That part's a joke. If I did, I guarantee you, he came out better in the bets than I did. I hear you. Hilarious. Jerry, I think you're doing okay, bud. I think you're doing okay. (laughs) Wait, wait, I got to get my butler. Uh, Winston. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, but here, I want to mention this. uh, (laughs) Of course, Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati, is playing Alabama on June 1st. They are in the final four. We're very excited. Any of us who have Cincinnati roots uh, and Jerry as a former mayor, this is a big damn. Oh, yeah. Cincinnati has made it into the final four, the first of the teams that are kind of outside the power five conferences to achieve that. Who knows what's going to happen? Vegas says they're two touchdown underdog. Who the hell knows? You got to play the game. We'll see what happens. The uh, basketball team of the University of Cincinnati has this long-standing rivalry with the school where I got two degrees, as a matter of fact, Xavier University. And they're a small school, but they are legit within the basketball world. They're ranked 27 in the country today, for example. So they're, you know, and they got a number one seed four years ago, the NCAA tournament. So they're legit. So they had their big rivalry the other night. And it was, and Bonnie and I went, my wife and I, it was a, just a brutal game, and it's full of animosity. There weren't, weren't <laughs> fights or anything, but one of our players got thrown out. Gene punched other a dude, that, but other yeah. than that, it but was cool. At the end of the game, <laughs> and our coach, he's a new coach, this is his fourth year, and he's assembled a damn good team this year, 
And he, for the last uh, three years as coach, has won this prized crosstown shootout. That's what they call right. it in Cincinnati, the crosstown shootout. And he won, He has won now the last three years. So three years ago, after they won, he and his wife went to the local watering hole, a place called Dana Gardens. I used to go to it. Oh, sure. In the 1960s, when I was at Xavier, that's where I hung out was Dana Gardens. So it's still there today. He goes over after the game yep. he, with his wife. He pulls out a roll of money, not a credit card, cash, and he lays it on the bar and he said, drinks are on me. It was $1,000. Two years ago, they won again. He goes over and everybody's curious, is Coach Steele coming over? The place is packed. They've won. Everyone wants to on it now. He walks in. He lays down $2,000 on the bar. This year, they win again. And they said to him at a news conference, Coach, are you going over to Dana Gardens? And he <laughs> said to the reporter, uh, you'll probably be the first one in line, won't you, Adam? Inquire a reporter who covers Xavier Musketeer basketball. So about, uh, I don't know, 1130 at night, midnight, because it was a late game. He walks in with his wife and he lays $3,000 on the bar and says, drinks are on me. Now it's going to take them Unreal. days to work through that money. So it's, and he is known nationally. The first time he did it, he got national publicity. And I really am, and I'm an alum and I'm a season ticket holder. Yeah. I believe, dude, I'm at all the games. And I'm thinking, I said to my wife at breakfast, do you think that's really a good idea? Because look, let's tell the truth. A lot of kids, Casey, Jerry, Megan, is yeah. it not true? We've all gone to college, did a hell of a lot of drinking in college. And some people develop yeah, someone's gonna get someone's gonna get hurt and he's gonna get blamed. I don't okay. First of all, um, college is an institution yeah. of oh, learning. Oh, oh. So the fact that you all were taking your time of learning and able to expand your mind and wasting that it. on alcohol, I have a huge problem with that. You take second yeah, of all, all, how dare you? <laughs> second of all, <laughs> second of all, uh, I do not think that it took them days to go through a three thousand dollar tab. Gene, I don't. Gene, I don't think you understand how much a Cincinnati drinks, and B, uh, people who are excited about basketball drink, and so you combine or you know put the combination together. I think that tab was probably run through within thirty six hours. That would be my guess. Yep, and. And Gene, have you been out in public since 1976? <laughs> That's right. You can get so, a margarita so beers to go. Aren't... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're 1150, 1250 now. They're not 75 cents. You know beers, what, Mr. Galvin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, some years ago, Xavier <laughs> beat uh, UCM basketball when they were ranked number one. It was a big deal. And my son, who is an Ohio State grad, and he was out of college. And 
he went to the game with me and we were like all jacked up because he was raised on Xavier basketball. And we said, he said to me, let's go to Dana. And I said, hell yeah, let's go. This answers your question, Megan. It's that, that was like probably 2000 and something. And we went in there <laughs> and it was insane in the membrane in that place. It's a little bar and it's just packed and rocking. And, uh, I feel very uncomfortable when you make references. I know like you made a Cypress Hill reference. I was cracking my I know, that's, that makes up. me very uncomfortable. <laughs> that's true. I love it. That was probably 20 years ago, but anyway. Uh, I love it. The anyway. story I like, which you, you told me, Gene, is yeah. that one of these shootouts between UC and Xavier, um, the, the students go crazy uh, during the game screaming and yelling at each other and fight students to break out. But at some point, um, Xavier students started chanting, you see blank. Sucks. You see sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This Jerry, is it's not a curse uh, word, sweetheart. It, it, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> but the, the, uh, the president of the, of the college, the priest, get up there and try to quiet the students. This is on television. And Xavier University, a religious institution, the, oh, yeah. can you picture the priest suddenly running on the court and up towards the, waving at the stands? Stop, quiet, quiet. And of course, the student <laughs> just went louder and louder. <laughs> that was so bad. That was a long time ago. And, and by the way, uh, Saturday night when we were at the game, that has become a tradition. And when we were, we beat them by 20 points. So the game was never yeah. really a question. And they started that chant again, UC sucks. But I happened to have been there. I was the only one. I mean, it was that year, mm. which maybe 1965 or so, when uh, that's what, 64, actually, that's when that first happened. And oh. within three days, true story, the administration of Xavier University, a bunch of Jesuit priests, required all Xavier students with a penalty of like $50, which was beyond what any kid could gather, yeah, yeah. that you had to go to this convocation and, it, and they would just put it on your bill at the end of the semester. So you were going to pay it. You couldn't get out without, couldn't get your diploma without paying. <laughs> Everybody showed up. Mm. And when we walked into the arena and sat down, I'm walking in, seeing the guys, I didn't know you went to school. Didn't I know you from like high school or something or because every I've never seen all these guys. Everybody came. <laughs> and, oh, and they lined up this row of chairs. And one at a time, they spoke to us about what slugs we were. Well, when I applied for my master's at Xavier, um, they do extensive background checks. And one of the blots on my history was the fact that I knew the name of Gene Gowden. <laughs> um, I, I had to sit down in a room with three of the yeah. Jesuit priests, um, explain to them that what I was doing yeah. was trying to help him and educate him further. Um, they, they were not they were not thrilled about me having any kind of contact with this miscreant. <laughs> so it, it has lasted. I hear you. Yeah, I even thought. I even taught at that place a few years back, and I never thought that would ever happen. But what a what a uh, fun game it was, uh, particularly when 
for my side, for my side, particularly because we were so far. Now, I'd look, we're going to go to Casey. I got to tell you one last thing, because this is actually pretty funny. And it's on this game. <laughs> you guys got to hear this because you might not know this. The head coach of the University of Cincinnati basketball team is a guy from North Carolina, played at North Carolina, and was the head coach of the University of North Carolina, Columbia or something. It's one of those hiking schools. It's his first job. He comes to UC last year. It says he's a first-year coach. And when he gets interviewed and hired, once hired, he said in a media interview the other day, all they talked about in basketball mm. hate Xavier. And Xavier in basketball hates UC. That's where the UC sucks thing comes from. So <laughs> they did an interview, and guess what he did? He called Xavier like Xerox, like uh, the xylophone, Xavier. That's how you pronounce the X-A-V-I-E-R. Xavier. He called them Xavier because that's Xavier. how you put down Xavier. You call them the breakfast school. E-G-G-S hyphen A-V-I-E-R. Yeah, yeah. So they call us eggs. So he he had alumni saying to coach, coach, when you do the interview before the game, mock them. Mock them. So he calls us Xavier two times in the interview, and he says, yeah, we're going over to Norwood. They're not Norwood. They're in Cincinnati. they got a parking lot that's in Norwood. It's Norwood, I know, dude. And he it's chose Norwood. to mock us. So I, I told my wife, I said, Coach Steele, our coach, has never met him. I yeah. said, if, if Xavier, I think Xavier's going to whip their ass because they're so much better. And then he'll take out no starters. None. He'll play them right to the end. He will beat them down. Now, it's now been said that Coach Steele said in the huddle toward the end, guys, you've beat them. Now, take their souls. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, I love that. Good for them. Rush them. Yeah, good for them. Speaking of taking souls, we That's have right. Casey Campbell. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Merry Christmas. Had to take my shot there, Gene. Sorry. <laughs> hey, Casey, welcome back, man. How well. you doing? How you <laughs> Jerry, Gene, anybody? You doing oh, okay? Yeah, we are case. doing fine. We, we're doing fine. Jerry, how was your Hanukkah? We, I don't even know if I if that was asked or not, but yes, how, how was your Hanukkah? It was, it was a few weeks ago now, but yes, it? yes, it was. It, it was very nice. It was very nice. It, it, it's not a major. I tell you, this this podcast really goes well. How yeah. was your Hanukkah? It was nice. <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. Well, the thing is, <laughs> it's not a major Jewish holiday. And it mm -hmm. gets more recognition yeah. here in the United States, frankly, as a counterweight. Uh, you know, when you, kids are growing up and you know, all the kids are talking about Santa Claus and there's the big tree and all that, um, you know, Jewish parents were trying to think of something. So I, even if it was subconscious, all of a sudden, you know, it took on this holiday, which has some significance. It's just not one of the religious holidays like Yom Kippur or know. Rosh Hashanah or something. It's not a high, high holiday. Holidays. And, yeah. um, I knew it wasn't so, a high holiday, but yeah. I did. I had no idea it was not that big of a deal. That's the first time I've ever heard that in my life. 
But I, I think, honestly, it gets more recognition here in America because of the commercialization of, of Christmas, which Christians complain about, rightfully so, I guess. You know, it's, it gets to be awfully commercialized. And so now we've taken Hanukkah and kind of commercialized that. Yeah. You know, I, I used to ask my something. mother, uh, huh. do we have a Santa Claus? She says, yes, but his real name is Saul Claustein. <laughs> and <laughs> and I said, how come, how come he's on every block? He says, well, these are really Santa's helpers. The real one's down in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking his time and he will yeah. be here when he gets oh, here. <laughs> so, uh, so we have, so we have Saul Costing awesome. and, uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Saul already saw you. He talked I to your aunt. It. He knows I what you it. did. We will talk to you about well, it later. Love it. <laughs> uh, uh, Mickey, the love of my life, who we've been married 48 years now. Uh, Mickey's Protestant. So when we had Katie on one side, we still have Christmas here in the house as well as, you know, Hanukkah. And we put on one side of the living room when we lived down in Western Hills, there'd be a Christmas tree. And on the other side of the living room, there was the menorah. And I would stand by the menorah. Mickey would stand by the Christmas tree. We put Katie in the middle. And at the count of three, we go, here, Katie, here, Katie, here, Katie. And whichever <laughs> she went. <laughs> and, of course, I had the big bucks, so she, she was raised Jewish. Uh, <laughs> no. no. I'm making anyway, all this up. Anyway, on to the music. Oh, <laughs> I feel like maybe you're not, Jared. It's adorable, though. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you, bye. Uh, 2022 Jerry Springer Christmas album. The Hanukkah Christmas album coming from Jimmy. Oh, it would definitely sell. I'm on board. I'm. I think we. I think we have a new venture. I'll do the voiceover. Casey, you do the music. Jerry, he can. Yeah, I think Jerry can do the narration. Twas the night before Hanukkah. <laughs> and all through the house. And then Casey comes in. <laughs> I was just going to say the message of the, uh, I mean, beyond the, not getting into the religious aspect of it, but the, the whole feeling of the Christmas season is really wonderful and uh, uplifting. And, uh, you know, I, I get into it. Um, I love the music. Uh, I just love the whole spirit. You know, that's kind of cool. If I have an objection is the day after Christmas, too many people forget it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Right. I would yeah. totally agree. Absolutely. I would totally agree. Yep. My husband and I had a conversation about this last night. He doesn't love the Christmas season. I do. And um, I think it's a good time to just kind of remember what we've been through throughout the year. And I think yep. it's a lot of fun. Uh, Case, what kind of song do you have for us now? My friend. Well, you know what? Speaking of Christmas, we speaking have speaking of it. That's right. We have a brand new song here tonight. Um, the Price Will Hustle and I uh, decided to get together at the first of the month and sort of spontaneously decided to record a Christmas song. So we wrote and recorded a, a brand new Christmas song. And uh, it's just now out on all of the streaming platforms and stuff like that. So you can go to Spotify or Apple or wherever else you may get your music. Or you can go to our website, 
uh, pricehillhustle.com. But we've got a brand new song for you here tonight called Just Another Christmas. Well, it used to be the time of year This town shines so bright Underneath the razor furs Not a trouble on my side Daddy would dress and play the part Despite a drunken slur We'd sing songs like Silent Night Around a wilted bird I'd wake up Christmas morning The night before And I'd sneak down and take a peek At the presents from the dollar store
Christmas to you all, wherever you may be. If you're low on Christmas snow, first one's still on me. And that was just another Christmas with Casey Campbell and That's the Price right. Hill Hustle. Oh, wow. Thank you, Casey. Merry Christmas to you guys. Yeah. Well, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, Casey and Jerry are going to take us out. But before we do, please make sure you go to everybody's website. Check out our stuff, even Jean's, <laughs> if you so choose. Um, the, but Casey's stuff is yes. really, really good. So check him out. Spotify, Apple, um, Check out our website, leave us feedback, and please give us our five stars so that we can continue to bring you all of this entertainment every week. Uh, And we're going to have Jerry and Casey taking us out. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, happy new year. We will see you in 2022. Well, I'm going to lay down my heavy load down by the riverside. Fullery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. I'm gonna lay down my sword and shield.